Would you be interested to learn more about the Antichrist? Yes, I would. Would you like to be able to hear something about the Antichrist from the Bible? Uh, generally, I've read the Bible, I'd say, over probably 10 or 15 times. So when it comes to the Antichrist, I actually know that a lot more than most people about it. Would you like to hear him talking about the Antichrist? Sure. It'd be interesting. Yes, I would. Would you like to? Mm, yeah, sure. Why not? It wouldn't be the my main thing to see, no, quite honestly with you. I'd rather watch the bears. Okay, thank you very much. Is the Antichrist something you'd like to learn more about? Sure. We're glad that no one here would rather watch the bears, right? Amen. Well, there's some people convicted for last weekend, right? <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, Chad, pray for us, brother. Let's We're going to get started. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. This is a very serious subject. It is. Great God and Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, Lord, with bended knee, because we do not deserve to be in the, in the presence of the Almighty God. Lord, right now we're going to open your word and we're going to look at a topic that is extremely misunderstood, much more than probably just about any other subject out there today. But Lord, your Bible is so clear. The last message was so clear. We have an Antichrist in this world. There's a spirit in this world that wants to deceive people in turning them away from your truth and away from your law. Lord, as we dive into the subject right now, we ask that the Holy Spirit would rain down upon us. Lord, that you touch each and every heart in this room, including Daniel's and including mine. Lord, that you would guide us into all truth by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to look at the first scripture, and it reads, Thus the heavens... And the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Now, when God rested that day, what did he do with the time? Whew, that's a good question. You tell me. He, he spent it with Adam. Hmm. He spent it with Adam and Eve. And God designed this day right here. In fact, when God created... The, this world, and then rested the seventh day. Do you know the very first day, the very first full day that Adam and Eve were alive was a day that was totally committed to spending time with God? Amen. I never thought about that. It, that's what it's all about. The, this day, the seventh day, was designed by God to be relational. Absolutely relational. That's the entire reason for the seventh day. That's powerful. Read the next one for us. Brother. We read here in Exodus chapter 16, verse 20. Now, uh, sometimes it's said that there were no commandments or the commandments were not, were not given or before Exodus or before Exodus chapter 20, which is generally where we see God giving the Ten Commandments. But we he see here in Exodus chapter 16, before the Ten Commandments were given, we read speaking of the manna that came down from heaven. The word that means, what is it? They gathered manna every morning. When the sun waxed hot or got hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses, and he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. So even before that time, God, even before the Ten Commandments were given, God had already given them the Ten Commandments, or at least the, the Sabbath commandment, speaking of the seventh day. Bring us on a little deeper. So, well, what's happening here is God is not just telling the children uh, that's with Abraham to... Moses. Or, I'm sorry, that's with Moses to just keep a bunch of laws. 
Because really, what God wanted to do was, hey, prepare yourself your food, because tomorrow I want to spend time with you. God is setting a date with his people. Amen. That's exactly what happens here. Well, notice what happens in the uh, commandment, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Notice, this is after the commandment we just read about in Exodus 16. This is the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments. That's right. Not the third, as we read in the catechisms. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day, which day? The seventh day. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it thou shalt do... No work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, nor any cattle, nor the strangers that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in the midst, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now, if I had six jugs of water, and uh, I had put a seventh one there, and I had just filled each one with uh, just a little bit of water, but in the last one, I poured a little bit of lemon, Juice, and I poured a little bit of sugar. Which one would be different? The one with the lemon and the sugar. But, I mean, could you see the difference? Mm, depends on how much lemon you put in there. Well, probably, I mean, <laughs> just, just enough to not see. I mean, you probably right, couldn't no, tell you probably much couldn't of the difference. see the difference. But if you tasted it, what would, be, what would be different? You would be able to experience the difference. You'd be able to know there's a difference. And that's what the Sabbath is really just all about. It's about spending time with God. There's a difference there because he sanctified it and made it holy. Read on. We read in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13 and 14, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. So this is the holy day. The Sabbath in the Bible is called the holy day. So you could call that the Lord's day. Because it was the Lord's holy day. He he said it right there. Yeah, this is the Sabbath day, the Lord's holy day. It's the only day that's ever called the Lord's day in the Bible, the Sabbath, the seventh-day Sabbath. And call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. So if we call, when, when we honor his holy day, and we call it a delight. Amen. So this day is to be a blessing. God gave the Sabbath. Many times people think of the Sabbath as a burden. Why? Because the Jews had made the day a burden. They said, you can only take so many steps on the Sabbath day. You have to count them and make sure you're doing this and this and this and this and this and this. And they made these things up. These weren't on the Bible. But their traditions had become so popular. You know that tradition can become so popular that you think it's reality? You think it's biblical even though it has no truth in it. So they put the traditions so thick upon the Bible that their traditions began to seem like what the Bible actually said. Very interesting. Yeah. They used to believe that spiders had six legs. I've heard that. They did. They, everybody believed that until finally somebody counted them and they have how many? Eight. They have eight legs. And all of a sudden it was revolutionary to science. <laughs> it was revolution. In fact, they used to believe that it was actually healthy to smoke. There was doctors that would That's say, right. hey, right. you need a couple of cigarettes for that cough that you've got. Come back and see me tomorrow. Today it's, you know, whatever they get paid for. But, but <laughs> back then it was cigarettes. Yeah. Now notice what happens here. Jesus is, is there preaching a sermon. It's Matthew chapter 11. And he says, Come unto me. He's making an appeal at the end of his sermon. Come unto me, all you that are, that are laboring and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Oh, people are like, I need rest. And he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You will find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. End of chapter 11. Notice from verses 28 in chapter 11 through 31, it stops right there. But if you keep reading, it says in chapter 12, verse 1, at that time, at what time? 
When he, make, when he makes an appeal after his sermon for people to come with him. Hey, come with me. I'll give you rest. Go, well, where are we going, Lord? At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. And he had a crowd with him. Why? Because he was teaching them about the rest of the Sabbath. You see. And, spending time with Jesus. And notice also, to spend time with Jesus on the Sabbath is not a burden. It's not something where, well, we, we just hide in the church all day and we make sure we don't do anything and we make sure we're bored. No, no, no. It's to be a blessing. God has designed this day that we would spend time with Him. That remember, the Sabbath, in six days He created the heavens, the earth, and all that in them is, and rest of the seventh day. That's why He blessed it. So that we could remember Him as the Creator. Amen. That we can look at His creation on the Sabbath day and we can say, look what God has done for us. Notice the trees and we can see parallels. Jesus even used things of nature to explain the things of God. So let's go Amen. on. Amen. So the Sabbath so far is all about relationship. That's right. And He, Jesus, came to Nazareth in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, where He had been brought up. And as His custom was, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now the Sabbath day, is that Sunday or Saturday? Oh, that's a good question. Well, according to the Bible, there is a day that was the Sabbath. And does anybody know what day it was? It was actually the seventh day, which is, if you look on the calendar, what? Saturday. Saturday. So Jesus, was, Jesus kept the Sabbath? He kept the seventh-day Sabbath on Saturday? He did. That's well, if he did, teaches. would that mean Jesus was a legalist? That would be dangerous, wouldn't it? Jesus just wanted to spend time with his father. Exactly. There was nothing legalistic about it. It was a blessing to him. It was his custom. If I say it's my custom to go out to eat every Tuesday morning with Daniel, does that mean I do it once or twice and then I'm done? No, it's my custom. It's custom. It's my regular practice, even though it's not my regular practice. I was going to say, you can buy me any breakfast anytime you want to. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is, if we did, if I said it was my custom, you would expect that I did that continually or regularly. Jesus, who was not a legalist... He actually had the law where? In his heart. Written on his heart. Jesus lived out the new covenant experience here on earth so that you could look at the Bible, I could look at the Bible, and we could say, that's what the new covenant looks like? It looks like the Gospels as Jesus was walking around. That is the new covenant experience with God. Amen. And Jesus in the new covenant experience, what did he do? He kept the Sabbath day holy. Amen. That's what he wants us to do in the very same way. In Luke chapter 21, it talks about how Jesus is saying, hey, prepare, because the Romans are going to camp around Jerusalem. It's going to be called the abomination of desolation. Okay, when they, when they camp around Jerusalem, you believers, you rush out. And that happened actually in 70 AD. Okay, Many, most people know that. 70 AD is the time where Jerusalem was destroyed. Well, what happens is, as he's prophesying about that, he says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 20, pray ye that your flight, your flight from where? From Jerusalem. From Jerusalem to get out of the place. Pray, pray that your flight be not in the winter, nor on what day? Now, he's prophesying about a time that would come when? After his death, some 35 years after his death. 70 A.D. is when that was fulfilled. But he's saying, hey, take into consideration the seventh-day Sabbath, even after I'm dead. So he said, you're going to be keeping the Sabbath. If you're a true Bible-believing Spirit-filled Christian. Christ-believing. Yeah, ex Christ what? Believe? Christ-believing. You said yes. Bible-believing, but also Christ-believing. Yeah, but also believing in Christ and experiencing the new covenant. He says what? He says, pray that your flight will not be in the winter. Why? It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> I don't want to go running anywhere around here in the winter, right? No. No. And he says, or on the Sabbath day. Because Jesus knew that his people, his Christians, would still be keeping. Remember, what did the Bible call it? They called it his holy day. Whose holy day? The Lord's. The Lord Jesus' day. 
And so it was a delight to them. So it's the Lord's Day. Now, there was something very interesting that happened right around the time of Christ's death. Very interesting. This man went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down from the cross and he wrapped it in linen, laid it in a sepulcher or a grave that was hewn in stone wherein never man was laid. And that day was the preparation. And the Sabbath drew on. Why is it called the Preparation Day? Well, the Preparation Day is what the day that we call Friday, or the sixth day of the week. This was the day that they would prepare for the Sabbath, so that when the Sabbath hours would finally come, they would be done with their work for the week, they could put it aside, they would prepare for that day, and then the Sabbath would come, so that they could spend that day with who? With God. Now, Amen. over time, they made it a burden, but the point was that God gave them a, a, a day beforehand that they could prepare so finally they would be ready for that day. So they would, you know, I think about it like this. If, you know, I just got married just over a month ago, and imagine that I need to go on, you know, I told my wife, you know, we, we, we don't have really a whole day to spend together very often. So let's say this Monday, we'll take off and spend the day just you and I, right? Just you and me. And so finally she says, this is great. I love it. So we sit down and I bring my computer with me and we sit down at a, at a park and I say, I'll take some picnic baskets. We'll have a picnic. Well, we sit down finally and I pull out the picnic baskets and, and set out a tablecloth and everything's nice. And then I pull out my laptop computer and I have wireless internet so I can get internet anywhere. So I sit there, and, and my wife, she looks at me, and she says, what are you doing? I say, I'm going to work for a bit. And she thinks, okay, that's no problem. I'm sure it'll be done in no time. So she begins, finally, after a few minutes, she's like, well, I'm just going to begin eating, okay? So she says her prayers, and she begins to eat. And then after a while, after about a half hour, she's kind of thinking, what's going on? Why isn't, he, why isn't he spending time with me? And finally, after about an hour, she starts feeling really bad. My wife would be terribly upset. <laughs> yeah. And so she begins to feel bad. She's thinking, why is he doing this? And then after about two hours, she's not sad anymore. She's mad. She's angry. Right? She's not happy at all. Three hours pass. She's fuming. We go home and I say, wasn't that great? We got to spend that whole day together. She says, we spent the whole day together. We didn't spend any time together. I say, what do you mean? We were sitting right next to each other, just me and you. Now, were we really spending time together? No. No. To her, I could have been a million miles away, and it wouldn't have made much of a difference at that point, right? Because I was spending time with my computer. And so, now, I had time to prepare. I said the day was going to come, so if I make sure I'm prepared when that day comes, I don't have to do any work, right? I can spend that time just with my wife. And I know, women, you wouldn't like that either if your husband would do the same thing. Nor, how would it make God feel if we did the very same thing? He blessed us with a day that we could spend with Him, and we said, no, I don't care about that day. Or we say, listen, i got plenty of things to do, and it really doesn't matter. I'm sure it would seriously hurt the heart of God to do these things to him. Yeah, it certainly would. We go on in Luke 23, verses 52 and onward. And the women also, which came with him, that's Jesus, from Galilee, followed after this man that was going to the tomb, and beheld the sepulcher, and how his body was laid. And they, the women, returned. And what did they do? They prepared spices and ointments. And they rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now, if ever there was a time to put ointments and spices on Jesus, it would have been right then. He just died, okay? The master of the universe has just perished. And here we see Christ is dead in the tomb. They've rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Now, why in the world did they do that? I mean, if Jesus laid aside the commandment and said, hey, just worship any old way, why would they do that? 
The reason they did that is because Jesus said that he had kept his father's commandments and he had abode in his love. And they knew that their master had kept the commandments in love and they knew that these commandments of God were never to be abolished. So even in his death, they rested so that they could keep the Sabbath day holy. Now, interestingly enough, now there are certain holidays that are celebrated today in memoration or commemoration in general. People celebrate them for the death, burial, and resurrection. Now, the day that Jesus died, we call it good, do you know what they call it? Good? Good Friday, right? And that's what we call the preparation day. And then Jesus rose again on what day? The first day of the week, and that's called Easter what? Sunday. So what's between Good Friday, the sixth day of the week, and Easter Sunday, the first day of the week? What day is between that? Saturday, which happens to be what day of the week? Sabbath. The Sabbath or the seventh day of the week. Does this make sense? So it's very clear as to what day of the week is the Sabbath. So they rested the Sabbath according to the commandment. Notice what happens in the very next chapter, Luke 24, verse 1. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, that's the women who had just prepared spices and ointments, they came unto the grave bringing the spices which they had prepared. Notice what has happened right there in Luke 23 at the end and Luke 24. The women who had been following Jesus... To the grave. They saw where he was laid. They were weeping. They were terribly upset. They were sad. Their master had just died. They went home, prepared spices and ointments, but the Sabbath drew on. The sun had set on Friday evening, and they were not at this time able to consciously go and put that on the Savior, breaking the commandment. Because he wanted them to rest. That was his wish. And so, what, what would you do? Honor your own wishes and put the ointments and the spices upon the master? Or would you honor his wishes that you love so much? They honored his wishes. And what they did is they waited the entire Sabbath. And very early, as soon as they can get up Sunday morning, they go over there with the spices and the ointments that they had prepared on Friday. Not doing it on the Sabbath according to the commandment. And then they come there and what happened? Jesus wasn't there. Why? Because he had risen from the grave. Praise the Lord. And once again, that day that generally people celebrate is called Easter Sunday, which, once again, he rose according to this on what day of the week? Sunday. Sunday, which was the first day of the week, correct? So if Sunday is the first day of the week, once again, what day is the seventh day? It has to be the Sabbath. Now, that's just not us making it up. That's what the Bible says. And that's what Christians agree on because of Easter Sunday, the first day of the week. So very clearly. Notice in Galatia, this is, you've read the Bible, right? The book of Galatians, same area. Uh, When they, that's Paul and company, departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, which is of Galatia, and went into the synagogue on Sunday morning, right? No, the Sabbath day. No, it says on the Sabbath day, and they sat down. This is after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, right? This is after Pentecost, too. All right. Which uh, did happen on the first day of the week, but that doesn't make any difference. It never changed the commandments. No, it didn't. So Acts chapter 13, verse 14 says that. What does verse 42 say? It says, when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles... Daniel, what's a Gentile? A Gentile is somebody who doesn't believe, generally. Yeah, And, and now think about it. Now, I'm not Jewish... Ethnicity, oh, okay, sure. Right? A heathen, yeah, a non-Jewish. Yeah, it's a non-Jewish. Now, if you're literally Jewish, then you're a Jew. But if you're not, everybody else is a what? A Gentile. So he comes out of the synagogue. When the Jews went or no, the Jews go out of the synagogue. The Gentiles then besought that these words, the sermon that he had just preached, might be preached to them the next Sunday. Because they kept it to Sunday, right? It says Sabbath. It says the, the Gentiles asking, will you preach this message to us when? The next, next Sabbath. Sabbath. 
Amazing. Go on, Daniel. It says in verse 44, The next Sabbath day came almost the whole city, both Jews and Gentiles, together to hear the word of God. And it continues in Acts 15, verse 21. Would you read it? Yes, it says, For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. It says, On the Sabbath we went out of the city, which was the, Philippi, uh, the, Phil, the city of Philippi, if you read there in Acts 16, by a riverside, where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And what happened is they baptized somebody there in the, the river that went by. And they had songs and they prayed. Well, what, what, what is this about? We have seen in Galatia, they kept the seventh-day Sabbath. Jews and Gentiles. And here in Philippi, they keep the seventh-day Sabbath. This, by the way, is all in the book of Acts. Are we supposed to be apostolic Christians today? Yes, we are. And, and the apostles, if you, see, if you see in the New Testament, there is no time where it says they kept Sunday holy. It just never talks about it. Nor does it ever say that the Ten Commandments were changed, that the Sabbath now became Saturday. But actually, we do find that it was changed somewhere after the Bible, and we'll be looking at that. Yes. Now, it continues in Acts 17, verses 1 and 2. Now, when they, which is Paul and Silas, had passed through Amphipolis, Oh, say how, that place. Amphipolis. Amphipolis <laughs> and Apollo. Apollo, I don't, I don't know how to say it. They came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. Now, Thessalonica, I know how to say that one. That's in the Bible, isn't it? The book of Thessalonians. <laughs> yes. And it says, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went into the, uh, in unto them. And three Sabbath days he reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Amen. Now, wait a minute. Galatia? Philippi? And now Thessalonica? There are actually 84 recorded times where Paul is in the synagogue or keeping the Sabbath in the New Testament. 84? 84 different times. How many times does he keep Sunday well, as a day of worship? Zero. zero. Now, now, okay, I say that because there's, there's a lot of people that come up to me and say, well, you know, hey, listen, if you keep the Sabbath, you worship on that day. I worship every day. Well, now, the thing is, is that the Ten Commandments don't just say go to church on the Sabbath day. It actually says you shall do no labor on the seventh day. It is a day to worship God. We should worship Him every day, I agree. But the Ten Commandments don't just say, or the Fourth Commandment doesn't just say, well, just worship God on that day. We should worship God every day, amen? Amen. Amen. Now, but we are not to work on that day. So if you say, I, I keep every day holy, that means you never go to what? Work. Never go to work. Well, the Bible actually says six days shall you what? Labor. So you labor. So you'd be breaking the commandment by choosing not to work any day. Does well, if, if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, I keep every day holy, I'd say, wow, how do you make days holy? Wow. I can't make any days holy. That's I right. can only keep holy what God has made. And that's, that's right. not Sunday. Amen. Neither is it Friday. No. It's the seventh-day Sabbath. The only day he made holy. So the reality, all we can do is keep the day holy. We can't make any days holy. I'm not God, are you? Now, as we continue on, notice what it says in Acts chapter 18. We're still in the book of Acts. We've seen Galatia. We've seen Philippi. We've seen Thessalonica. And now here. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Wow. Philippians, the book of Philippians, the book of Thessalonians, the book of Corinthians, and the book of Galatians never has a word about the seventh-day Sabbath. Why? Because they were keeping it. It wasn't something necessarily that was needed to talk about or needed to talk about. They knew. They didn't, you, you didn't have to get a letter of saying, hey, keep the seventh-day Sabbath when you're keeping the seventh-day Sabbath. They were already and doing it. Listen, these are Christian people. What they're doing is weekly they're laying aside every single thing and they're spending time with God. Just as he designed 6,000 years ago in creation week. 
God just wants us to spend time with Him. It's all about relationship. Don't you know? Those that will be in heaven will have a relationship with Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that the seventh day is going to get you to heaven if you keep it holy. But listen, if you're breaking the commandments, you ain't getting to heaven either, right? If I'm a chicken thief, I'm not getting there. (laughs) No, that's right. Okay. So now, pick this up. Would you read it for us, brother? We read Just here. What's what circled there? This is, this is taken from the BBC, the British Broadcasting Company, and it says, The Pope demands respect for Sundays. Now, why would the Pope demand respect for Sundays? I brought this book out. This is the Convert's Catechism of Catholic Doctrine. And it says here on page 50, yeah. it says, What is the third commandment? Well, the third commandment actually talks about, anybody know? Taking the name of the Lord Yeah, in vain. not to take the name of the Lord in vain. But remember, they got rid of the second, so they made the fourth commandment the third. What is the third commandment? The third commandment is, remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Which is the Sabbath day? It goes in a question-and-answer format in this Converts Catechism of Catholic Doctrine. A Catholic book. I bought this at the Catholic bookstore in Rapid City, South Dakota. It says, the third commandment is to remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. And it says, which day is the Sabbath day? And answer, Saturday is the Sabbath day. That's interesting, huh? And goes on to say, why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? Say it plainly now. It says this in in the answer. We observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church transferred the solemnity from Saturday to Sunday. Who did that? Was Was it Jesus? Did they say Jesus did this and therefore we keep it? They said it is the Roman Catholic Church. We could show quote after quote on these kinds of things, but this one will suffice. Actually, we have some quotes, don't we? we I think we do. It says here in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 that let no man deceive you by any means. There's one that will, he's a man of sin that reveals, uh, I'm sorry, he's going to be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he... As God sits in the temple of God, or the church of God, showing himself that he is God. This is Antichrist. And he's sitting up as though he's God, even trying to change the the law. What do you say about that? The Pope is of so great authority, according to Lucius Ferraris, Papa, Prompta Bibliotheca, in 1782. The Pope is of so great authority that he can modify. You know what that means? Change. That means change. Modify, explain, or interpret even divine laws. Ten commandments. The Pope can modify divine law since his power is not of man but of God, and he acts as the person that takes the place of God upon earth. I'm not quoting what Daniel or Chad has said. Do you realize what's happened? You read from their teaching, they have taken the solemnity from Saturday and placed it with their own hands onto Sunday, the first day of the week. If you continue reading, you continue reading their writings, you'll find that they just say straight up, you cannot substitute. In fact, I think I have it. Let me see. Read that for us, brother. It there says, it is. That's the one. This is taken from Cardinal James Gibbons in a, in, in, in a book entitled The Faith of Our Fathers of Plain Explana- Exposition and Vindication. It says here, you may read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. That's the totality. That's everything in the scriptures. And you will, find, you will not find a single line authorizing the sanctification of Sunday, meaning the making holy of Sunday. The scriptures, the Bible, enforce the religious observance of Saturday, a day which we never sanctify. 
That's heavy right there. They're saying, listen, the Catholic Church is saying, we are the ones. You can study the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and you cannot find one text that will say Saturday, the holiness went from Saturday to Sunday. And actually, there's another priest, Enright, offered $1,000 to anyone who could find one text from the Scriptures that showed that Sunday became the new holy day other than the Sabbath. And he said, you know what? He said something along the lines of, they never came for the money. There was no answer because the reality is there's no answer in the Bible. The authority was changed by the Roman Catholic Church. And so why would the devil, which the Bible says in Revelation 13 gave power, seat, and great authority unto the beast, why does the devil want to change the law? Why did he take the second commandment out? Why did he move all the other eight and push them forward and then... Or, nine and push them forward and split the last one into two. Why did he do that? Why did he try to take Saturday and make it not Saturday but Sunday? It's because God is being attacked. The devil doesn't like the character of God. Remember the law is clearly revealing the character of God. And if God in his holiness wants to spend time with you every single week and just me and you, I say that to my son all the time, me and you buddy when we're together if God wants to do that with us, the devil's going to step right in and say, uh-uh, you're not going to spend time with God, you're going to be like him. Because as you look at him, you'll be changed into his glory. That's what 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, or 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says. If you spend time with God, you're going to be changed into his image from glory to glory. I don't want you to spend time with him on Saturday. Uh-uh. So the devil has changed this through the Roman Catholic Church, back when they had power over the entire then-known world, and then when the Reformation came up with Luther, Zwingli, Calvin, Knox, and, and so many others, and they went protesting out of the Catholic system, they went all over the world, guess what came with them? Sunday worship. That is something that does not come from God. It's something that comes from the enemy. Please hear me. God wants to spend time with you. It's part of his character. You know, Daniel, you were sharing something with me about the holiness of Jerusalem and this. this. Share, oh, share with us brother. a little bit more about that. I'm going to share the text tomorrow, but oh, I'll, tomorrow, I'll let I'm you sorry, know. You no, 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 please okay. help me. God has said this one. What do you call the holy place on the earth? The holy, the holy land. Where's the holy land? I heard you say it, Jerusalem. Okay, now... In Jerusalem area, is there a holy mountain? It's called Mount Zion. Mount Zion, right? On Mount Zion, is there something holy? A holy city called Jerusalem, right? And in Jerusalem, there's a holy temple. In that holy temple, there's a holy place. Within that holy place, or right next to it, there's a most holy place. And inside that most holy place, there is something called the Ark. The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. It's the only thing in the world that has ever contained the Shekinah glory of God. And inside that Ark, what is it? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Do you know the only place that the word holy in the Ten Commandments is written? Is in the Fourth Commandment, the Seventh Day Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it what? Holy. Holy. In the holy city, on the holy mountain, in the holy temple, in the holy place, in the most holy place, in the holy ark, there's one word that says holy. It's in the seventh day Sabbath commandment. No wonder God is being beat up on this one. 
No wonder the devil is trying to destroy. He doesn't like holiness. Don't get into his net. The Bible makes it clear. Adam, Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, Jesus, all 12 disciples, Paul, Timothy, Jude, God himself, all kept the Sabbath. Amen. Why won't you? Let's pray. Father in heaven, please take over. Take over our lives. You, Lord, have spoken tonight through your holy word. Give us ears to hear. Father, there is no way to refute what has been shown today. I've studied the Bible a lot, and you've challenged me by many thousands of people on this point. And never, ever has there been a scriptural regard to do something other than spend time with you on the seventh-day Sabbath. God, it's in your character. This is who you are. You want to spend time with us. And I praise you for that. Help us to render obedience to you. Lord, I want to say this night in my heart, Jesus, I love you, and I want to keep your commandments. As you said, if you love me, keep my commandments. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.